0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Talking Health in the 406, where we're one community under the big sky. I'm your host, Jennifer Vansicle, longtime healthcare worker turned health educator, and we're going to pick up right where we left off with Jacob Krusevich. And in this episode, we are going to ask some of those questions that maybe you've always wondered about. How did you cope? Were you still able to, you know, with work or life in general, were you just adapting as fast as you could or did you need like to take a couple months off and try and mentally just, I, or what were you doing with your mental health and life at that point? Yeah.
1: Uh, that's an excellent question. I, at first I was so busy with adapting and trying to keep my head above water with work and being a dad because you know, and a husband, like it, your life doesn't stop for you to adapt and learn. Um, you either keep up and do your best or you wallow. And everybody handles, you know, a situation like that differently. For me, I was like, I need to keep my job first and foremost to be able to help provide for my wife and kids because i was like i could go on disability but when i looked at the payments i would have been receiving it would have meant having to make sacrifices like potentially selling our house and things like that And i did not want to do that in my mind at that point with where i was in my mental health i didn't want to do that to my wife and boys Mm -hmm. obviously i know now being more healthy that it wasn't me doing anything to anybody. It was just a part life. But with that, i used that as fuel and I reached out to blind and low vision services. And so anyways, what they were able to do since I was a state employee and their state agency was they were able to come give me a consultation, which was great. They came over to my workplace. They showed me the tools that I could use. They told my employer what I needed and they gave me some tips and tricks. And then I, again, thanks to what I went through as a, a kid, I had the perseverance to teach myself how to use these programs, you know, research it online, watch YouTube videos, fumble through things. And I taught myself how to, you know, use my computer with a screen reader, screen readers software that, uh, wherever your cursor is on your screen, it tells you what it's saying. Mm-hmm. So you can use your mouse pointer to move around at first while you're learning, um, but then ultimately, you learn to progress to using just your keyboard because it's way faster, and you learn shortcut keys and all these things. And so, I learned how to use that, which I was fortunate, and with my vision going, um, I had time. It wasn't, you know, a light switch, so I was able to kind of use magnifiers and the screen reader at the same time. I learned all these things, and with keeping busy, I was distracted from my mental health and didn't realize I had a problem with anxiety and depression because I was so busy. Um, and I guess at that point I really didn't have a problem because I was so busy I didn't have time to focus on it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, everybody was so great. They rallied around me, my supervisor, my family, my amazing wife. They all were so supportive. But then as the months go on and you learn these things and the dust settles and it's just kind of more, just part of life with everybody, that's when it sank in. That's Mm. when I realized, you know, oh, like, I can't drive. You know, and we had to sell our house and move into town. We got another house and it actually ended up being a really great um, move. We're in an amazing neighborhood now and we have an even nicer house and nicer neighborhood with neighborhood kids and all these things and ended up being a good thing, but we had to do that so I could take the transit. The um, public transit to work, Mm -hmm. and that was hard. I had to deal with that. I these things where I'm like, oh, that's right. I, you know, how do I play sports with my kids? You know, um,
0: right. The classic dad toss a ball in the backyard. How do you suddenly do that? Yes. Yeah.
1: My wife has to mow the lawn. How do we do that? Mm -hmm. I I was always the one like I would work on our cars because my dad was a mechanic for 20 years. Oh, we have to pay somebody to work on our car now. Um, cause I don't, there's certain things I could do, but there's certain things I didn't feel comfortable because of the safety behind it. You know, if I goofed up, you know, it's the high risk. Right. You know? Right. And so I started to go into that morning phase of, oh my gosh, like there's things I can't do. And then I started to wallow in the things I couldn't do. Um, and then went through anger and panic attacks, legitimate. Panic attacks where, you know, couldn't breathe, um, just mm-hmm. like felt like my, I just couldn't get ripped. Like, I just, and, you know, just the suicidal ideation mm-hmm. and all that. And those, just those, those thoughts where people think, you know, like irrationally, mind you, you, you think in the dark moment that people would be better off without you, that you're a burden, you know?
0: Right. Your family doesn't feel this
1: way and in no way did my family give me any feeling of that. They were nothing but supportive, but I wasn't rational. I was, I was like, well, of course they're not going to tell me that, you know, they're not horrible people, but I am a burden, all these things. And thankfully, um, with encouragement from my wife, I finally, again, my amazing, very patient wife reached out and got counseling and Cause I wasn't able to do it on my own. I, I mean, good for those who can, but I recognized myself that with everything I went through that I couldn't and that there was nothing wrong with that. If you break your leg, you're not going to be like, yeah, I'll tough it out. You know, mental health's the same way you sometimes you need help and they needed help. And I once saw a counselor and I'm honestly stronger mentally than I ever was. Um, I'm more willing to advocate for myself, which is another thing that I had to learn to do is, you know, some mm-hmm. people, um, some, my employer is always willing to help, but some people aren't always right. willing. So okay, you have absolutely. to learn to advocate. Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah. It's not natural to want to, it's not comfortable, I guess, to do those things. No. No. So,
0: and, you know, as, as you tell your story, there's a couple things I think of. I think, thank goodness you were, worked for a company well the state of montana yes that was willing to support you you know and thank goodness you were willing to move into a bigger urban area that had public transit so much montana doesn't and so you know it it just makes me wonder if you were living in somewhere rural montana i won't even name any towns small town i mean this huge lifestyle change would have even been bigger you know yes. you would have maybe had to move into billings because that yes. was the nearest metropolitan area that had a bus that could get you to the grocery store or yes. you would have like had to lean so heavily on families what do do you know what's out there for people like that that might have be blind or have low vision that are ours so remotely rural? do you,
1: i would say you know, having advice my advice to your question would be for those individuals in very rural areas is one of two things um first off be real with yourself and your feelings. If this is new to you, it's a trauma. It's very much like losing your spouse or something. Cause it's a very big part of you. You're losing. And if you don't think so, I, I'd encourage you to look deeper because you, you may be in a form of denial because it's hard. It doesn't mean you're not tough to recognize that it's hard. It's just simply hard. It's not something that a lot of people have to go through. In fact, only 2.4% of Americans are legally blind. That's really small.
0: Mm-hmm. And a
1: vast majority of those are in the older category in older. I mean, like 70 plus plus. and that, you know, so it's just, you're in a small group. So if you're in a rural place, recognize that and be honest with family. Don't feel like you have to go through it alone because your family's there for you. And if, if you're not being honest with family, you actually make it harder on your family. I honestly made it much harder on my wife in a very almost selfish way by not being honest with her. I tried to put on a strong front and all these things and wasn't honest with her when she, knowing me, knew that I was struggling. But I lied. And that's not fair to her because she can't help it. She, I'm lying. So be honest with your family members and then get set up with blind and low vision services as soon as you can. The other thing is B, there's two organizations for the blind in the state. One's the National Federation of the Blind, and then the other one's Montana Association for the Blind. Reach out to one of them because Blind Home Vision Services is great for the vocational aspect of it, learning you, teaching you how to work and do your normal activities of life. But it's nice to know you're not alone. So if you reach out to one of those organizations, you get to meet individuals and you realize that... You know, it's not over. You just have to learn to adapt what your life looks like. And that's a huge component of it, too. And they're also going to be a great resource for more localized resources. Like, does your town have some form of paratransit, which is uh, public transportation made for people with disabilities? Sometimes, a lot of times, it's um, destination to destination within city limits. So you don't have to go to a bus stop. And some of the smaller towns do have things can also put you within put you in touch with organizations in your town where, you know, they may be able to work out something where they don't do it normally, but they would work out somebody to help volunteer to give you rides and things like that. So
0: And are those chap or do they have chapters around the state? They do. Yes. Perfect.
1: Yeah, they have they're largely in the bigger cities, the chapters, but um but they have chapters in some of the smaller cities or they or if you know other individuals, they'll put you... Or if they have other individuals in that area, they'll have, like, an, an at-large chapter, um, which will cover smaller towns that aren't near a new a big city.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and with that, you'll be more likely to come in contact with, like, say you're in the northeastern part of Montana. They'll put you in touch with people through that large chapter that are in the Northeastern part, like due to the fact that everything's so spaced out, they may not have a centralized meeting place, but they do monthly phone calls where you can get on there and talk to people and make relationships and they can put you in touch with people.
0: Perfect. And we can put those, um, that contact information on our website as yes. well, the web um, web addresses. Yes. And it seems that's it's a new chapter in life, definitely. And yeah. everybody needs needs help and it's amazing with montana you know our tagline in the podcast where one community under the big sky it's amazing how if you reach out to somebody somebody knows somebody yeah. that can help and even you know i'm sitting here thinking about even like the various disability services there might be another service or a home service that can help you get your groceries yeah. to your house you know yeah. and there's always people willing to help and yeah. reach out to you know that's the beauty of our our state um well, absolutely just about
1: things that you know, I mean, I was aware of guide dogs, but I didn't know a whole lot about them and the whole process was daunting. And through one of those associations, um, I made a connection um, with someone who had a guide dog and answered all my questions and actually came and met with me in Helena, even though they lived in Great Falls and had to get a ride you know because he was blind
0: and Mm -hmm. we
1: talked about guide dogs and without his encouragement I wouldn't have gotten Fife and Fife my guide dog F-I-F-E is an absolute game changer for me I go backpacking again I not just like you know easy hikes I go on some really messed up trails and like the tobacco routes and in the belt mountains and stuff. And they're like 10 mile long hikes and stuff, or, you know, backpacking trips and stuff. So that's great. You know, you also learn about apps that you can use that'll help you GPS apps that are designed for blind and visually impaired, or apps that'll read things for you. Or like you said, services that will deliver groceries. Um, you know, Instacart's a big one. Um, we use that to lighten the load on on my spouse so she doesn't have to always do all the grocery shopping because mm-hmm. I can't help with that. and Most people's relationships, especially people with kids, you know, both spouses share that load. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a great resource to tap into. That's a great tagline. I like
0: that. (laughs) Um, And then I'm curious, Mm -hmm. for my own curiosity, you know, uh, when you do have to go to the grocery store or when you do walk into a bathroom, Mm -hmm. finding the toilet or in the grocery store, finding you're maybe on a road trip. Or no, I don't know. You know, you need need a bottle of water, you need a box of pasta. What do you do? (laughs) (laughs) That
1: is actually a really good question. And honestly, the funny thing is, is that was also part of my journey with my mental health was at first when you're in the very beginning phases, you're not having to worry about these things because people are like, you know, oh well with this, that and the other. But at some point life has to go on.
0: And that fades. Yeah. And that fades Mm -hmm. and
1: people are still willing to help, but at some point you have to learn how to do some of these things. And that's what to sent in for me. I was like, how do I how do I even do these things? And that's where blind and low vision services come in. Um, Monte Association for the Blind, on their website, you'll see that they offer uh, a summer program where they will, it's free and they teach you um, how to do things like go shopping and cooking and things for me and those things for me, I wasn't able to attend it. So I kind of had to fumble through and figure it out, but, um, or talk to people in association, either association, NFB or MAB, and they can give you some tips or watch YouTube videos, which is amazing in regards to shopping, uh, in smaller stores. Like if you have like, in Helena, we have a Vans Thriftway, something like that, where if you have somebody who,
0: Kind of small, local, mm-hmm. locally owned. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Those ones you can, you know, kind of make your way through um, once you kind of learn the layout. Or if you're in my situation where you were sighted and Vans doesn't move things, you <laughs> <laughs> like probably in decades, you know where they are. And so you go to some other stores and, you know, it was there, but now it's three aisles oh, over.
0: Oh, man. Um, yes.
1: <laughs> and so if it's a smaller store like Vans, I can go in there and I know where to go and... Um, it is harder with the white cane, but it's doable. That's kinda you need to you practice and you learn you there's this thing that people aren't really aware of that your brain learns is the when you're they call it orientation and mobility, learning your white cane um uh, which is the cane that you see blind and visually impaired with and um they like they'll use it to tap um or to glide on the floor and they'll use it for one, noticing if there's something in front of them, but two, you can hear the sound and how it reverberates off of things and know. But along those lines, there's a thing called time and distance traveled. And you kind of, like a lot of people think of blind people count their steps. And so I do know some that do, but you learn roughly in your brain on a subconscious level, it takes me this long to get to the elevator if you're walking straight or across your living room. And so with that in stores, you kind of, just build a map in your mind of, okay, I want to get chips. It's, you know, this far over and it's on the left.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Fife makes it even easier because as I'm getting close to the aisle, I just tell him, like you kind of noticed maybe when we were walking, um, coming over here, I can tell him preemptively, I can give him a hand signal and just keep telling him left and he'll take the next left when it's available.
0: Uh, okay. yeah. So I
1: can do that. And then once I get into the aisle, it's on me. And what I have to do is there is an app that's free on your phone that's made by microsoft that's called um seeing a i literally so the word seeing and then the letter a and then the letter i um and it's a free app and there's two nice features on it one there's a text reader where you open up the app and you hold your phone up to something and it'll tell you what the text says on it um there's also a barcode reader which when you makes a noise as you're like rotating a can
0: until Mm. you get up to the
1: barcode Mm -hmm. and it makes a little happy like you won the game of finding the barcode
0: (laughs) (laughs) we all go through that at the (laughs) self-checkout we know that game
1: yes yeah yeah and um when you scan that it'll tell you one what it is but then also the nutritional facts and stuff like that and so if it's a very if it's a short list of things i can go about it that way um or if it's a bigger store or there's more to it uh, you can go to the customer service desk. And it doesn't matter the store. They all have this. And if you live in a small enough town, then congrats, you know the person, and they're going to help you anyway. Right,
0: right. Um, they probably see you coming anyway. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but you can um, go to the front desk and ask, do you have somebody who could help me? And what they'll do is they'll walk around with you and help you get the items. Oh, perfect. Which is even nicer if it's a long, long, like, shopping list. If it's just you need bread and chips, like or bread and milk. You can learn those two spots and just go get those things. But if you have to go to Albertson, that's a bigger ordeal. So that's what I do with that. Um, bathrooms. That was a fun one to learn. Oh. <laughs> uh, honestly, it, it's funny. Um, busier bathrooms are your friend because, again, you learn to go off of audio cues. So toilets flushing, sinks running. And when you come in, you just kind of pay attention to those things. And as a guy, I just kind of aim for the stalls. Mm because It's a safe bet. Um, I had an embarrassing moment where I tried to go use the urinal and it was occupied. Um, Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) He was a good sport about it. But, uh, you know, after that, I was just like, I'm just going to go stalls because the doors shut or it's open. But you just, you learn those cues a lot of the times in a lot of bathrooms, not always, but a lot of times, there's kind of a standardized layout. You have to learn where the things are, but usually the sinks are opposite from the bathroom, like the stalls mm-hmm. and such. Mm-hmm. So if it's not busy, then, you know, I just use my white cane at that point. Um, cause Fife is amazing, but I have to tell him where to go. And if I don't know where to go, he doesn't have a built in GPS. Like some people think he, he's going to be confused. You know, if I'm confused, he's confused. Um, And unless it's somewhere he's familiar, like if it's somewhere we've gone before and I get confused, he can get me to where I need to go. But I use my white cane in that situation and you just kind of have to explore Mm -hmm. if there's nobody in there. Also, the other thing I've just learned, and this was hard for me at first, ask, you know, if there's somebody in there, just ask, hey, I'm blind, I'm visually impaired. Where's X, where's Y, where's Z? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And people are more than willing to help. It doesn't matter where, I mean, Montana people are like tripping over themselves to help you. They're just, you know, <laughs> but in, even in other States, you know, it's I, people are really willing to help. I've only ran into a couple instances where somebody was
0: rude. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and there's so much in life that, you know, you don't think of we that have yeah. sight, Like if you're someplace that takes cash only yeah. American cash is not like Mm-hmm. other countries where the small one yes. is this and the big one is this yes. you know and you're sitting there probably thinking god I hope I'm giving you a 5 instead yeah. of that 50 in my wallet you know or yeah. something like that um yes so much that we just can't even start to wrap our minds around it, you <laughs> know um i guess one question i have too is so you know the public health world is starting to say okay don't call people with diabetes diabetics. Call yeah. them people with diabetes. Yeah. So, do you be prefer people say you know visually impaired, blind, low sighted? What what is your personal? What I, what should the world? <laughs> what terms should the world be using? It doesn't that is, matter.
1: That is a good question. <laughs> so, uh, and you'll find people have preferences. If you want to go into it with a safe bet in terms of like the most appropriate current language to use, uh, it's either blind or you know if you know the person's actually blind um like totally blind can't see anything um or the other term would be visually impaired it used to be low vision that's still like accepted it's not like offensive or anything like that it's not like somebody's going to clutch their pearls and oh my gosh you called me low vision um (laughs) it's just not the most up-to-date the most up-to-date is visually impaired um and dead. I mean, obviously it's still blind and low vision services, so it's yeah. not like offensive. It's just, so a lot of people prefer visually impaired, um, legally blind still used. I think people just like visually impaired cause it's just, I don't know, legally blind is so normal
0: sounding. Yeah. It legal. almost feels more like a label it or does. something. Yeah. It does. Yeah.
1: Um, and the biggest thing is in the blind and visually impaired community, um, in general, The approach I personally I don't care is the people first language of, you know, people who are visually impaired. Right, right. People who are blind. Um personally I'm I'm fine with whatever. Um I'm I go I say I'm blind, um because I can't see anything and to me blind is not but like a dirty word or right. an offensive word it is.
0: Yeah, well and I think of like know. my fourth grader, if he was the one in the bathroom mm-hmm. and you said, I'm visually impaired yeah. he'd be sitting there thinking impaired yeah. and, and putting that together whereas if you just walked in and said, I'm blind yeah. can you show, point me to the toilets or help me, yeah. do I need to go right or left right now Yes. I could see where he'd get it you yes. know, just the vocabulary just, yeah Well, and, with that and,
1: and there, there are some people who Aren't completely blind. Who will say I'm blind in situations like that because it's easier. Yeah. Um, when they say sense. I'm low vision or I'm visually impaired, people will mm. kind of struggle with. Um, well, do you need my elbow? Like, what do you? Oh, sidebar. Um, since I have a
0: we love captive sidebars. audience,
1: <laughs> Good. Um, if somebody who's blind asks you for assistance, offer them your arm, or ask them. How would you prefer I help you? Um, either one's totally acceptable. Like, how do you want me to help you? Or do you want to take my arm? Don't grab them and start guiding them. It's really, or the use a white cane, don't ever grab their white cane. It's, inst- it's instant anxiety for that person. Even with somebody who's doing really well with his mental health, it's you lose your control. Mm-hmm. And as a blind individual, um, see that shows you I person first is, <laughs> it's a, it's a matter of preference. Um, as a, as a blind individual, I, once someone, your orientation is your everything. Um, you know, right now I know the doors behind me, but if you grab me and, you know, started to steer me, um, I can lose where I'm, where I'm facing. And, I don't know how to backtrack to where I was. Whereas if um, I'm holding on your elbow, I'm following you like I would my guide dog and I'm able to keep track of where I'm facing. It's a smoother transaction. I feel what your body language when you're holding on somebody's elbow, you convey a lot. You don't realize it, but you know, you're coming up to a door, you start to turn sideways because you're aware that person's with you. Mm -hmm. Um, You get a lot of feedback that way. Um, or you, when you start to turn a corner, that person's usually a half step behind you holding onto your elbow so they can feel that you're starting to turn or you're slowing down, things like that. Being guided from behind you or somebody holding onto your elbow is really nerve wracking. So, um, that was my sidebar. Um,
0: I love that. I love that sidebar and that's, (laughs) yeah. And that's great. And you know, we've talked that, you know, in Montana, This isn't just young people. This is, you know, people who are older. So somebody who's had sight for 60 years and suddenly they're losing it, you know, and this is applicable to so many ages, so many demographics, to so many people. Um, So yeah, all that is fabulous information because you just don't know it until you have somebody around you who is blind or it's now part of your world and life. And so this is great. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Talking Health in the 406, where we're one community under the big sky. And thanks to Jacob for sharing more of his story. In today's episode, you heard him mention blind and low vision services and other great services in the state of Montana. For more information on those and more, visit our website at talkinghealthinthe406.mt.gov. And be sure and tune into our next podcast, where we'll introduce you to Fife, Jacob's guide dog. Until then, take care.